My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her, I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. Mm-hmm. But it's an empty road. I feel so alone. I forgot. Tuesday, November 21st in the year 2023. Just going to kind of relax in here tonight. We're going to cover a little bit of Jeremiah, but relative to what we're doing a lot today, it's really kind of an amazing time when we're paying attention to scripture and to seeing how messages of such ancient times have so much relevance today and everything that's going on and the things that we face and are challenged by. It's, um, I think there's a lot to what we're seeing right now in Scripture that we're being given new eyes to look at what we may have read for years, and suddenly you read something again, and you're like, how did I miss that? I don't know that you did or that we did, 
but rather that God's given us new eyes to see, to look deeper, and to let the words reveal things that have always been there, but we just weren't ready for or weren't yet allowed to see. Our world is, um, obviously it's in chaos and a lot of upheaval, but more importantly than that is that much of what we've considered to be the fixed and the constant in our world has been the illusion. And it's allowed us to fall into these traps, which has sealed us in so many ways and prevented us from standing up to these people or even rooting them out. And I don't even know the people for some of these and what things that we're dealing with is even a right term because we're dealing with a rawness of evil that in itself really can't be qualified in terms of people or humans in the normal sense of the word. Now, Patriots, real quick before we get going, one thing we are pretty aware of right now is we're dealing with a bunch of psychopaths, and they are psychopaths. And this is a time that we really need to be looking out for one another and protecting our resources that we have. And part of that is being prepared to deal with lightning strikes or, or even uh, EMPs. And that's a real issue. It's the outcome can be pretty significant. So that's why we have EMPShield.com, EMPShield.com. If you head on over there, use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You'll get $50 off and free shipping on the unit. And they have various devices for just about anything in your life. In your life. So whether it's your vehicle, your ATV, whether it's your home, whether it's your fixed standalone generator, whatever that is, they have a variety of these EMP shields for each application. So if you use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, you'll get $50 off on each unit plus free shipping. It's really worth it. They're definitely a good insurance policy to have, especially in a time of you know, these psychopath freaks that are running the world. They'll just do about anything they can to keep us enslaved. So again, EMPShield.com, EMPShield.com, promo code or is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, and you'll get $50 off and free shipping. These This last couple of weeks, more than a couple of weeks, since Bards Fest for me, it's been an amazing period of time. And it's been um, a lot of changes. We've seen a lot of people uh, shift a bit. They were seeing a lot more back, which is nice. And part of that is, too, is we've had just such unbelievable warfare on our own platform here in Podbean, which is, it, been, it turned out to be probably one of the best chats for what we do on the web. And it's taken time to kind of discover some of the changes that have happened within their systems to understand how to better match things up. But in the end of the day, it's been a pretty severe warfare trying to keep us from building a fellowship and a message that really does have a lot of resonance. And sadly, or not sadly, but fortunately, I would say that we've arrived at a point where I can say, you know, God, you know, not only protect us, this, protect us in the words that I say, but I think that we are blessed to say that we're back with the regular programming without the disruptions we had before. And that was so much involved in that. I had to buy new computers for both studios um, a lot of investigation onto what was going on in this browser-based application, which is what Podbean is online when I'm broadcasting it. And there's still a couple small errors, it looks like. But for the most part, having to learn the method. Like right now, before every show, I never used to have to do this. I go into Google Chrome, and that's the dedicated browser that they have is Google Chrome. 
which I'm not a Google Chrome fan, but nonetheless, that's just a reality of what, what Podbean platform demands from my end. And, you know, we have to go in each night now before the show, clear the cache in, in the browser. Not a big deal, but these little small procedural issues provide for a tremendous amount of change in the in delivery and the stability of what we're dealing with. And, of course, no one has this stuff. You're just going to have to kind of bump into it along the way and hope that you get the right equation. All of that said, it's, there's an importance for us to constantly lead and lean into the Holy Spirit. You're not just have to give it a certain time each day to sleep into, but like a nap. But we need to lean into it to literally bring the power of what that brings into us in our, into our lives and ask for it. Because there's a wisdom and a knowledge that will be delivered. And I talked to you about the Montana trip. And those days I was up elk hunting. And there's a couple of pieces, and I've, I've, I've touched on some of these, so this is not new. But I do want to touch on it here now because I think there's some important issues to consider. I was, the only time I've ridden a horse in recent times was 1999. And that was a very limited time. I had a quarter horse that I was riding. I put my uncle's ranch, one of the, it was a Kesterson ranch way out in eastern Montana. And the horse was very fast and it was very wily. And it wasn't a pleasure at all to ride this thing because I was not a good experienced horseman, obviously. And you get that going and that horse can bolt on you and you're pretty soon you're finding yourself going a whole lot faster than you want to. Not because that's a bad thing, but because an inexperienced rider like I was, that's an unsettling thing. And, there, and at that point, you're losing your strength and confidence in yourself. The horse is reading that. And then there's a series of dynamics and it can easily result in someone getting bucked off and hurt. And frankly, that's just not one of my high on the priorities. Can't wait to get bucked off a horse and fall in you know, break my leg or break my ribs sort of thing, because that's not what it's supposed to be. When I was up there riding, it was a similar re response in that I knew going into this, I had no horseback experiences, so we spent enough time getting to know the horses and then getting them saddled up and getting them prepped, and I get to you know, kind of go through that piece. And it, part of what struck me right away was just how simple a cowboy's life is and how complex ours is, even as a backpacker. Cowboy's life is going to have the saddle. It might be a saddle bag with a few essential things on board. Obviously a rifle, a knife, possibly a rope. And then there's going to be a bedroll. Things are simple, simpler. Somewhere in there is probably some water or just find a natural spring. But the concept of like when I backpack, we carry a lot more gear. Nothing like that. And you get accustomed to carrying a lot more gear, a lot more gadgets and toys. And when you look back on the previous generations, which did the cowboy way, things were a lot simpler and yet just equally as successful. And I think that's kind of at the core of this because the Jeremiah 616 model is seek the ancient paths. And we talk it, but the question is, do we really do it? Because we are at a very critical juncture right now of trying to identify ancient paths. And I'm going to argue something here that, from a, sta from a standpoint of just discussion, that 
the ancient paths are probably much more involved in the way heaven wires us and connects us than we've ever imagined before. And it is on the outside, it becomes that simpler process like the cowboy with the bedroll. But on the application of the cowboy with a bedroll comes a whole bunch of experience that has to be there in order for the life on the trail to actually evolve. So when we're talking about the horse, we go back to the horse. And there's a real defining moment in who we are as men and as who we are as people. My grandmother used to ride a horse to and from school, and she talked about it. It was the same trail they always went on. And she would talk about coming back from school and being so tired that she would literally just fall asleep, hang onto the horse's mane, fall asleep on it. And the horse would take the same route and, and know exactly when to duck to prevent her from being injured. And the horse would deliver her back home. That concept right there, we don't talk enough about or, or revel in it and what it actually means. That's the unity of man and beast in a profound way to teach us a new way, which is actually an old way that's being revived. And I think this is a lot of what God's doing right now is to trying to awaken us to something much greater in the lifestyle that is no by, and by no means is it easier, but it is free of the senseless and mindless burden of slave indebtedness. And it is taking us to a place where we have an opportunity to reset the kingdom, but it is under kingdom rules, Jeremiah 6.16. So as we're climbing this mountain on with the horse, and we first left the area with the horse, I was fully kitted up. I say kitted up. It's the my, my cowboy coat on and my cowboy hat on and the slicker, as they say. But everything about what you've seen for, for Western wear made sense all of a sudden. It doesn't make any sense when you're walking around town. But the understanding of why the boots are pointed, because the stirrups turn and you have to have a way to get the, your foot into the stirrup without reaching off the saddle, and that pointed boot allows for that. The slicker that goes over you, that lays over your top, it's usually oil canvas and it crosses over your legs. It's a windbreak. It keeps you dry because it's going down into your ankles. It's not about how cool it looks. It's about the function and form of all things that have application in life. And that was one of those bigger messages that was coming through is that we have taken and gone so much into the world of gadgetries and, and trying to make a new device and trying to sort this out that the cowboy way is much simpler, much purer. It's just a connection with man and, and nature, taking away all the gadgetry and getting down to the fundamental basics. And what are those? Having some place to throw your head and sleep, having some water to drink, and being able to cook food over a fire. That's it. And that's where we're being led, I believe. So this horse ride, and we go out, and we go out the gate, and we start to climb the mountain, and I pray into this, and I say, Father, give me the blessings of the wisdom of my grandfather writing, because he was quite the writer in Montana, by the way. Writer, not writer, so R-I-D-E-R. -E and I just asked for the download of his wisdom. And what I can say is that, I mean, that's a prayer I can ask. There's nothing that's violation for it. The best, worst place you can get to is God's like, hey, um, 
we are going to say no to you. You're like, okay, God, thanks. But that's not what he did. I asked him, and by the time we get to the top of this first stage, I mean, this is, there's a photo that's taken of me. I haven't sent it to Nikki yet. I still will, so we'll get it up on social media. And you, I'm just dressed there. And, and the interesting thing about this photo is he jumped off the horse and asked for my camera phone right away. And Rick said, give me your camera. And I handed it to him. He said, and he just stood there for a minute, and he looked at me, and then he snapped this picture. And he told me later, he said, I didn't see you. I saw the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Something really profound was happening there that day, and there was no doubt there was. I'm going to kind of skip to the end, but we're going to come back, and it was to where we were, but I sent that photo when I got back to my dad. And uh, the story was very emotional for him because it was so much about this trip to Montana was really giving homage and respect to my grandfather, my dad's dad. And there was a big part of that because that's who he was to me. And in another sense, this is this is really basics of healing. We might be looking in this case for as this this person who I loved very deeply, and we look for to fill that wound of his. And so we might look to the demons where that that hole you're, you're feeling for him, that emptiness, that's a demon. Sometimes it's just a need to take it to God and realize that some of that healing that's being done isn't a demon, but it's just us and an emptiness of love and something we need to reclaim. And I think there's a lot there. So we start climbing the next level, and we're going to go up about three to 4,000 feet with these horses. And at some point, Rick makes a deviation, and we go off trail, and we start climbing. And, and it's what he calls, and I guess is called, Western riding. No trails, just out there in the middle of everywhere. And you've got to be moving fast because the horses have to climb and the climbs are steep and the footing is rough. And all of a sudden there's a transition that happens that I'm literally riding with the horse. So I'm no longer riding as a person on the horse, but I'm riding with the horse. The horse is named by the way, it was Arizona. And so this unity that happens between man and beast, it is a profound connection, profound because now you're speaking into the world and the animals are responding to you into the world and it really doesn't matter what language you speak because it's spoken and understood. And it's evident by the way the animal responds to you. And you can't say that for very many animals. Dogs, yes, but you're not on them, relying on them the way a, a horse is. And so we climbed this mountain and we did this fast cut and switchback back and forth, back and forth through the trees, ducking under, under low brush and so forth. And it was very, a very oneness with all things. The experience and breath of a man anchored on a horse, almost, I almost want to throw the words in once again. And then the ability to move through that environment with confidence and security and not have to worry about being wiped out, knocked off by a horse, or however that works out, because there's a unity that's happened in that great moment. And that's the voice that you're hearing between the two of you, which is bridged by God itself. And all of this is happening, remembering that I have not ridden but once in 1999. And as I'm here on this horse, we take a rest a ways up, at that next level we had accomplished, 
about we just got off the horses, threw our stuff on the ground, which was a backpack from a smart little day pack for me, threw our heads back, enjoyed the sun, enjoyed the outside, and went to sleep for about 45 minutes. And that in itself was soothing, relaxing. Horses had a chance to rest. They got a chance to eat a bit. And then it was saddle up and let's go again. And the next level we went up was steeper, higher, shale face. And Rick knew it was challenging. I'm right behind Rick. We're kind of seeing this. And this is where we start to really see this unity evolve again. Rick's horse's name is Montana. And these all have Canadian blood in them. And I think Rick's horse is a full-blood Canadian, which is a very different style of horse, just so you know as I'm learning about it. It has the strength of a Clydesdale, but it has more of an agility towards a quarter horse, not quite that agile, but closer. It's a really considered an excellent all-around farm or ranch horse because it can do so many things from pulling a plow to doing quarter horse work. It's doing long haul type hunting way back in the mountains, which is, again, I think, I don't think that horses overall, that should be that much surprise. But I think again today, because we do so much selective breeding for key industries, a lot of that primary idea of delivering people and living in that space gets lost. Okay, so we we climbed, and Rick's horse, Montana, is now going up this very steep shale face. And as Rick makes a cut with the horse to get it going up top, the shale gives away, and the horse, big animal, literally almost falls. And I'm it's right off. It's like two horse lengths away from me. And I can see what's going on, and I and. Montana's starting to fall and catches herself. Powerful animal lifts itself up and then is able to get it to force uphill enough to get its footing and then to cut back. So these are, these are pretty dangerous type riding things and it's just the nature of going off trail to get to the top of something. And I think that's a lesson in itself is God is looking for us not to walk the traditional path. He's wanting us to blaze new trails and to take the risk with blazing new trails. And that means we're going to have to take some risks and we're going to have to learn how to do that in ways that we didn't do before. And here I am riding a horse up on the side of a mountain without, with no real relevant experience under me other than I prayed to the Holy Spirit to ask for some form of a download, kind of a matrix moment. And I'm feeling now that the unity of the horse and myself are is actually happening. So as I'm coming up hard behind Montana, I, I reached over and I, had in Arizona, right on just on the side by the main, and I said to her, Arizona, no, up to the left, let's take that line. And Arizona listens, and we just make that cut, and we go up the line because I can see where that where Montana had left was it slipped, was really slippery. And Arizona's being focused on following Montana, but the minute I can get her to see something else, you realize that this is where. Rider and horse, we're now each other's eyes. We're sharing the view of the trail. It's not just one. And that's God with us. And God's right here. And he's telling us, my son, my, son, my daughter, listen to me. 
I need you to blaze trails. I need you to go places that you don't normally go. I need you to see what you see, but listen to me because I'm going to help you see those times when you have to turn left when you think you want to turn right. I'm going to be that extra set of eyes. I'm going to be the one that will slightly pat you on the side and say, climb left, go high. And that's exactly what I did. And that's exactly what we did. And Arizona and I were working together as a team. It's a love thing. It's a bond. And we ended up back and forth, switchbacks hard. The horses are breathing hard. They're sweaty. This is hard climbing. And looking at lines of this, this side of this hill that we're not even sure they're going to lead to good places. And finally, we have the breakthrough and we see it and we get up higher enough to see the the ridge line we're trying to get to and how we can get to it. And there we take a pause and let the horses breathe. And we let the horses feed a little bit. See, that along the way, I think it's too easy. And this is another thing. You go along the way and you want to give the horse a pause. But if you're on the side of a mountain in shale, you don't get a chance to give a horse a pause or you die. And so you don't. You push and the, the animal and you work together. But here's the thing. When we're at the top there as stewards in this relationship with the beasts, of burden, it's also our job because they'll keep going. They'll, they're dedicated, they're committed, but they'll keep going. And you have to pull them back then and say, okay, pause. And then they'll take a breath. They'll, they'll start to eat just enough to kind of rejuvenate and give themselves a, a, relax, a relaxing moment. But see, God is like that with us. We push, we run, we charge, we keep running ahead. And there's a certain points in our life that God just reaches over and says, okay, take a breath. But if we don't hear those moments because we're so consumed with ourselves and trying to do the performance thing and maybe even worse, trying to prove to God, look at who I am. He doesn't need to see that. He cares about us. So he might tell you to take a pause and just to take a breath and to be with him. It's really something amazing when you take a pause with a horse that's been working that closely with you. There is a real connection that you have with that animal. And you find it out when you get off the horse later. I mean, the horse is wanting to snuggle. The horse wants to pull into you. The horse wants to be with you. The horse wants to be all over you. I would say that's probably pretty similar to the relationship we have with God. And then not only does God want to spend time with us, but we should be seeking to spend time with him. We're in a form of warfare right now that there's a large percentage of this world will probably never see or understand. No matter who you are, it's very it would be very unexpected in the victory that we're supposed to be, be able to bring about. We start to idolize each other. Because God's not trying to idolize the big players, the big writers. We're trying to get down to where we're living with one and one another, realizing that for each his own, but in the end, all things are equal. We've lost so much of our way in our society because we pulled up our roots on the things that made us who we are. 
We try to find shortcuts on everything. I'm going to get a motorized rototiller for my garden. I'm not going to hand dig it. I'm going to get another cell phone, another app, another this. I want to get a digital controller that I can touch a button within my car to have the garage door open up. Lights come on around the house. Those aren't the things that we have to worry about. We're just the administration of life that we've turned over to machine and we become so addicted to it and accustomed to it that we're like, okay, God, when you say seek the ancient paths, does that mean that I get like a toaster that does 10 slices instead of five and a coffee maker, espresso machine that has two spouts instead of one? No, it doesn't mean any of that at all. It's about our hearts. It's about where we place our love. And it's about where we learn to listen to hear the voice of God. Our Father in heaven is such an amazing Father. So I spent that entire week, we did writing and had a chance to spend some time with Rick, he's an amazing guy. Remember, I didn't know Rick before this, really, other than the fact that he showed up in Yuba City. And I ran into him as he had just shortly after he'd arrived, and I, he said, I want to invite you to a hunt in Montana. And when you come, you're going to have a prophetic vision. And I think there was a lot of prophetic visions this weekend. I think there was a lot of them that are rooted in Jeremiah 6.16, which is seek the ancient paths, which again has so much application because it's about us as who we are truly in the true sense of who we are beyond this body shell, beyond heart conviction, too many times of believing that this body is a permanent thing, that this is the way it should be. That is not true, by the way. But we're doing that because I think we're afraid to look deeper into our heart and say, okay, what is this that I see? What is this that I have to change? How do I get closer to God? What does that mean? I have to lay it all down, that I have to turn everything over to him because I've got a job and I've got bills and I've got this, and then we separate from him. And in his heart, there is now sorrow. So we got through that week and I got back here. Remember, this was an elk hunt. It was very evident that elk wasn't even on the docket that week. God had other things in mind. And they were amazing things, equally amazing. But they're amazing in a different way. Because they're deep and they're about us and it's about the origins of who we are. It's about us being spirit beings instead of flesh beings first. It's about a priority shift in our world, the way we see things. It's about a unity within, within all things as we should have. It was a return to the garden in a very small sense. And so I arrived back at the ranch and I'm getting ready for the Cantrells to come. That was the idea and I pulled into the garage and the garage door is up and I step outside to send a text and I look up on the hill. I haven't seen an elk all week and what do I see? 150 meters right from us, easy shot. Rifles in the back of the Jeep. Cheek attack. T3X, zeroed in at 100 meters using my scope, quick shot, 308, 180 grain through the side, into the heart, drop, dead, done. And I'm looking at this cow elk, 
and there's not another elk around. If you know elk, that is not common. I would say that's a bit of an anomaly. And as I'm looking there, I'm, I hear God say, this is for you, my son. Take it or not. But I just want to make sure that after this week, you're fulfilled. This is our God. You see, a hunt isn't about killing. It's about an offering given. And at the very end of all of this week, which didn't go, it was really not about elk hunting. It was about deliverance. It was about horses. It was about land. But our God gave me the one thing that the hunt was supposed to be about. He gave me an elk to choose. And there was no right or wrong decision here. It wasn't a test. It was a gift. And either way you choose, you win. And all it was is, I want to make sure, my son, that you are fulfilled. And I said, Father, thank you, but I'm fulfilled. I'm going to let the elk live today. And I looked back up and the elk was gone. And then I looked again and it had gone a little bit farther up in the hill. It's still a clean shot, but in this time a little tighter because it was in between two trees. And still the elk stood there in the same position, full broadside to me, open right behind the shoulder, easy shot through the heart. And it was that pause to say, just need to make sure. I said, yes, Father. We're good. We don't have any idea in the way we live on a daily basis, how truly profound our, our God is, our Father is. But He is a Father that wants to make sure that we are fulfilled. And when you think about a world that is missing this, that walks away from Him, that truly doesn't acknowledge Him, that tries to, to even go worse, to go to someone who's deeply wounded Him, or, or at least... I say wound is not the right term, but hurt him, which would be Lucifer. He still is there, pouring out endlessly to say, my son, my daughter, follow me. Seek the ancient paths, and I shall lead you places you've never imagined going, and I shall lead you in ways to open your eyes and experience things you never thought possible. This is the walk that we are now on if you choose to reach to him. These, these experiences are so far beyond anything that we could write because they're his that he's given to us and we're part of these stories that are unfolding. He doesn't want us running away. That's not the hour in which we live. He doesn't want us trying to escape from that which is around us to try to tell ourselves somehow that, well, if I can just get out of here, maybe rapture me out, it'll be better in heaven if I can leave this place. But if everybody leaves, who's going to be here? To stand it back up and to make it mighty in kingdom again. 
Because this isn't just an issue of the angelic. This is a story about us. All of us. Where we begin, how we've grown, where we're going. It's a story about relationships. You have a dog. Your dog lasts, depending on the breed, 8, 12, if you're lucky, 10, 20 years. You have a horse. You can't even start riding it after its birth until two and a half to three years old. And then that horse will live on to ages of 30 plus. Everything is different. And our lives change and transform and they simplify and the cell phone no longer has to ring off the hook because we've stepped into an ancient path thing that we look as primitive when in fact the true advancement in human existence doesn't happen because of a cell phone, a smartphone, whatever you want to call it. It happens because we make a step away from the modern and we go back to what we say is the past only to discover that it's the only way we were ever supposed to live. So take this hour and be bold. Take this hour and lean into God. Take this hour upon which we live and pray into things to let him hear your heart, but remember his. All of these things define us, open us up, shred us in this formation that's done in this world and tell you that you are only a flesh being. You can do nothing more. We can do a whole lot more. Our authorities are massive. Understand them. Understand what is being asked of us right now. Understand that there has to be a trueness in the heart of fate and faith for us to be able to understand and get closer to the Father. We have to be committed to what he's giving us no matter the outcome. Because if he's got us there, it's there for a reason. It's there for a powerful reason. And it's one which we have to follow through on. A lot of chat tonight about a lot of things that we don't really have any control over, but that's exactly it. We have to be able to trust, trust more deeply, let him guide us, bring us in. And that begins with us loving ourselves and taking that leap of faith to say, not me. Not now, but with you always. All right, Patriots, let's pray. Father, we're very humbled here. As we sit here tonight and reflect on what is a seemingly simple process of riding a horse, only to discover that the richness of, the, of all that you pour into us sits in those moments. A richness that looks past the current and past the walls of deadness and into the ancient paths where truly life was vibrant and the relationship between man and nature and man and beast was truly powerful and one. Father, we're blessed for this moment for those that will hear these stories, to be inspired by them, to step up and to realize that men of this day need something other than their occupation. At work because so many of these occupations 
have turned out to be lifeless and soulless, and they're stripping men away from their anointed birthright, which is the rule on this earth. So, Father, let's strike it all down. Bring it all down. Bring it all down to ashes. And let's get to work here to find those people that are legitimately injured, those people that are screaming out in pain. Trying to find something. Let us go into the world and find them, return them, restore them, heal them, cast out their demons, raise the dead, and do greater works than he. Because that's the great commission at the end of the day that Jesus has given us, which is as we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, with it comes the power and mightiness of healing and restoration. So, Father, guide us in this hour. Lead us in these times. And Jesus, just be with us in our walk. Correct our courses as need be. And bless us with all your love. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Time to get back to the root of life time to get back to the root of all things that we do and we will but we will take determination and it will take a, a spirit of change and adventure and as long as we are pushing those things we will find our way where we need to stay keeping our eyes on the cross at all times and that's ultimately restoring the ancient paths at a level that Without it, I don't know where we go. But let's not find out. Instead, let's know where we're going to go. Tell the stories. Raise them up. And give God a chance to win in bigger ways than you can possibly imagine. Jeremiah 1, starting at 4. Now the world of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet of nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, Behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a young man. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a young man, because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, to sh- command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them or their hostile faces, for I am you always to, I am with you always to protect you and deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, hear me. I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to uproot and break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Patriots, I'll see you in the morning. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. 
So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning at Bended Knee, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body Close to me, look how they